0: Hello, everybody. Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you are new to the show, we have a new episode releasing every Monday and Thursday on the Charisma Podcast Network. You can go to charismapodcastnetwork.com. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere that podcasts are listened to. Um, I love being with you guys every single week, every Monday and Thursday. It is such a joy to talk with amazing people, leaders, pastors, missionaries, prophets from around the world, sharing the message that is on their heart to equip the body of Christ. That is my passion, that the body of Christ would be awakened to see Jesus for who he is, that we would learn the walk in the ministry of the Lord, that we would truly know the tools that we have. We would see ourselves the way the Lord sees us, that we would walk in our authority and that we could truly be the army of the Lord and the bride of Christ in the earth So we could usher in the appearing of the Lord. It is just a blessing to be with you guys to break down revelation, to talk about the Lord. I have my wife on several episodes and we talk and we break things down. And it's just, um, it's a joy to have this outlet and to speak to you all. I've got a great guest on my show here today that some of you may know very, very well. He's connected with. Bethel out in Redding, California, but he is a writer. His name is Seth Dahl, and he is a writer, and he's a worldwide speaker to adults and children and he is known for his powerful wisdom, communicated through a contagious joy and child likeness. Seth and Lauren, his wife they love to empower families to build a strong connection that fosters peace and creates a thriving family culture, which we know is very, very important um the family <laughs> structure and so Seth, Lauren, and their three children. Um, they have a large garden and a handful of animals and a small farm in Texas. They have 15 years experience working with children, being children's pastors. And Seth has cultivated a passion to help parents create a thriving family culture at home. And, you know, we all know that parents, you know, parenting can be overwhelming, but it doesn't have to be. This is a passion of Seth and Lauren's life to equip people and to equip children. And so, Seth, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Uh, Thank you for having me. It's really,
0: really good to be here.
1: Absolutely. And that was a
0: great introduction. Like wow, that's good. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> awesome man. Well, hey, you know I'm passionate about this man. I know I've followed your ministry, and um, you have a wonderful heart. You're doing incredible things for the Lord. And at the end of the day, it's so important to talk about family because I hate to hear the statistics of divorce in the church. And you know, a lot of yeah. a lot of churches in general don't focus on children. It's more of a it's more on the side. You know, yeah. hey, you'll put you'll know, put the kids over here you know, entertain them during service so the parents can receive, you know, and that is not your heart at all. You're all about a thriving family environment, teaching children yep. how to walk in the supernatural, how to hear from God, how to know the Lord. And so it's, it's a passion of mine too, man. And so that's why.
1: I love it. Yeah. That's, that's mm-hmm. passion. You know, I, when we first started the talk, I just, you know, one of the verses that is super important for parents and, uh, for children's pastors too, but parents especially is the Proverbs twenty two six and mm-hmm. it says, Train up a child in the way he should go and when he's old he won't depart from it. Like we wow. love that. But like, you know, just talking like, hearing you talk about like raising up children, not babysitting children, but raising up children who actually walk with God, hear God and stuff like that. Like this verse is a key because a lot of times we've interpreted um this verse, sorry, and I'm just taking off. Go um, no like, absolutely. we've we've interpreted the verse to say, if we train up our children in all the ways they shouldn't go, (laughs) then we hope they won't depart from it when they're older. But that's not what the Bible says. So there's no promise attached to that. And so we need to understand as parents, like, of course, there's things we need to tell them not to do, and we need to protect them from it. We need to make sure, you know, we set boundaries and all of that stuff. But if we don't train them up in the way they should go, then there's no promise of when they're old, they won't depart from it. So, Mm. you know, hearing God's voice, ministering to people, doing the things, walking with God and really going after the supernatural and bringing the kingdom is something that kids can do. You know, we're the ones that have to repent and become like them if we even want to enter the kingdom. So (laughs) it's like they can, they can step into this stuff quite easily. And, um, We have a huge promise attached that when they're old, they want to part. So part of, you know, my heart is like, let's raise them in all the things they should do and the ways they should go, not just all the things they shouldn't do.
0: So Man, I love that. Yeah,
1: that's my my heart for all this is, is that kind of a thing right there.
0: Wow, bro. I love that. I've never really heard anybody break down that scripture in in light of that before, but you're right. We're more inclined to say, don't do this. Don't do that. Stop doing this. Don't talk like that. You know, a lot of, a lot of Christians, you know, and it's, it's, it's from a good heart. Like at the end of the day, the intention isn't bad, but the, but the implementation is, you know, we're not, we're not truly abiding by what that scripture says therefore going to receive the promise. And we wonder why so many of our children go astray. We're more giving them the law than showing them the love and the life of the Holy Spirit. And so, man, you wrote an awesome book. You wrote an awesome book called Raising Spirit-Led Kids, Guiding Kids to Walk Mm -hmm. Naturally in the Supernatural. And we're going to talk about that and kind of break into that because I feel like this is essential for parents. We need more resources for parents. We need more resources for children. Mm -hmm. We need more churches focusing on this. But How did this even, just to kind of give us a little bit of a foundation and framework here, how did this even become a passion in your life to really focus on children and family?
1: Well, being a part of Bethel, I was children's pastor for 10 years at Bethel and children's director and, you know, ended up traveling the world, equipping children's pastors and leaders and kids and, you know, just doing it. And we saw so many amazing things. Like I can just tell you story after story from the kids at Bethel and the kids around the world. I just have relationships with children all over the planet, which is really beautiful. But somewhere in there, I I started to realize like, wow, I've been training children's pastors and neglecting the most important ones. You know, I, I realized finally the first children's pastor is the parents mm-hmm. and the first Sunday school is the home. And I also realized like, hey, if what happens here in the church doesn't get into the home and into everyday life, it's not Christianity, Mm -hmm. and we're running the risk of raising a generation that thinks Christianity is something they do on Sunday and Wednesday or whatever the Mm -hmm. midweek services, but we run the risk of raising children who think Christianity is event-based religion, something we do, something Mm -hmm. we put on, not somebody we are. So, you know, if you think about it in that context, it's like, oh my gosh, being a Christian is not what we do, it's who we are. Of course, we do some things, but we just, we do them out of our identity and out of who we are. And so, it's not something we turn off and on depending on where we're at or what building we're in, And so I finally realized like, wow, we have to get this out of the church. This crazy, you know, kids prophesying, kids having encounters with God, crazy encounters, kids seeing miracles, the most ridiculous miracles I've ever seen. I happened right in kids church. Like what (laughs) if this could get in the home? Oh yeah. Then you have kids that grow up and they, and they think, this is just who I am. This is what I, this is, this is me. It's not something I do at church only. It's someone I am and something I live as a lifestyle. So, um, Yeah, Bethel was really good for me. Like we really, we really saw so many amazing things, and I finally realized, wow, I got to get this to the first children's pastors—the moms and the dads. We got to get this in their home. So that's where the book really came out of. Is that
0: that heart? Yeah, yeah. And I love that you call moms and dads children's pastors because that's that—that's what we should be doing. We should be we should be shepherding our children. We should be pastoring our children. We should be. The ones in yeah. a quote from your book that I pulled from your book is you say I still believe in children's church and Christian schools, but I do not believe that parents are meant to delegate the full responsibility of their children's spiritual lives to somebody else. Yeah. I thought that was powerful, yeah. so I just wanted to highlight that because you're right. You yeah. know, we feel like yeah. uh, you know put put you know put kids in Sunday you know um you know growing up it would be you know during during mass when i grew up catholic and you would go to sunday school or then getting into the you know pentecostal non-denominational church you know you have the area where they They teach a Bible story. And even my daughter, Selah, you know, she goes to school and she she comes home. She tells me about Abraham and she tells me about Joseph yesterday. She told me the whole story of Joseph yesterday. And that's awesome. I love that. But if she doesn't come home and she doesn't hear about the Lord and we don't engage in prayer and we don't host the presence of God and she's not hearing worship music and we're not teaching her that when she does something wrong and talk to her about the Lord and forgiveness and how she could pray, if we're not doing those things at home, then it's just going to become a religious thing, like you said. And so... You yeah. know, and I find that a lot of people, honestly, you know, we see, we say a lot of kids, they, you know, in high school, they backslide and they wind up going into the world or in college, they wind up going into the world. You know, how come, you know, is, is it because we're not modeling? Is, is it because we're modeling something different? Maybe parents are acting one way in church and then come home and they're acting a totally different way. Or are we just not, you know, I'm sure it's that as well as we just don't know how to cultivate this at home and teach kids ourselves.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, I do think there can be a lot of reasons for that.
0: You know, it could
1: it could be simply like, oh no, my kid got traumatized at school and we didn't know how to handle it and now they're acting out of this trauma and going so there could be a myriad of reasons, but I just had a conversation the other day with a girl who's a pastor's kid. She's a grown woman right now, married, about to have her first baby and we were just talking, and she's like, you know, I never walked away from God. I was the PK and we all know as pastors, ministers, it's like sometimes the pastor's kids have the hardest time because they, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know, they're like, I'm tired of church. My parents, I've grown up in, I've lived here, basically. I live at the church and my parents are always busy doing church. So like pastor's kids, a lot of times, and I've seen some amazing ones. I've seen some that struggle, but like a lot of times pastor's kids go way off the deep end. They walk away from God. A lot of the kids that grow up in church, they walk away from God. But I asked this girl, I'm like, why did you never walk away from God? I'm like I just want input. i always I'm always trying to learn. so I said, why did you never walk away from God? And she said, you know, my parents, my dad was a youth pastor. he's been in ministry my whole life. I grew up in the church. I grew up there he she said, I always had permission to interrupt my dad, no matter what. I never <laughs> felt like." Wow the kids he was the teenagers he was ministering to were more important than me if he was in in the middle of a sermon i could interrupt him and he would drop everything to talk to me and then he'd go back to his sermon and if and he i never thought and she said this she said he, that my parents showed me that walking with god was actually enjoyable and fun mm-hmm. and i just didn't really get a wire to walk away cuz i saw how good it was to walk with God. And I always felt like I was first priority. I'm like, Oh, wow. Thank you. I'm taking notes. That's really good. (laughs) I appreciate, you know, and I like, but that for me, it's like, yeah, those parents showed her like, Hey, this is actually great to walk with God. This is the best way to live life is to walk with the one who created it and knows everything. And I'm making sure I'm not putting other stuff above you. So you're not getting jealous. You're not getting bitter. You're not getting you know Mm -hmm. frustrated with us. And then in turn, frustrated with the church, frustrated with God. Because I think that's, as parents, we have to understand, you know, when it comes to inner healing, basically inner healing 101 is however you see your parents is how you see God. We typically Mm -hmm. see God through the lens of our parents rather than through the lens of Jesus. So it's like, if I, you know, if my kids think, um, if they're jealous of other kids and they think um they can't interrupt you or that you're not first pri- they're not first priority and they're like, dude, my, my parents neglect me, then they have trouble. They go, you know what, the church did that to me. You know who yeah. did who else did that? God did that to me. Now you have kids that are kind of like just upset with God, upset with the church, resentful, bitter, and it's like, Oh, that's why kids walk away. So sure. for me, those were a couple of tips recently. You know, I knew that, but it's like to hear her say it and watch her live it out, I'm like
0: yeah, good reminder. Thank you. That's some really good stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's really great. And just even, you know, um let's just say you're a person that, you know, you want to get better at this. You want to cultivate an atmosphere in at, you know, in in your home and and you talk about this in your book in in one of your first chapters yeah. how it's important to cultivate an environment of God's presence within your home and to and throughout your book you talk about teaching your kids to hear from God, which we'll go into a little bit more um here in a little mm. bit but i just know that there's parents hey listen we're we're imperfect we make mistakes or sometimes we're getting it right and we're you know and we're yeah. um representing jesus very well and we're exuding the fruit of the spirit and our kids are seeing the lord in our lives and sometimes we're just having a bad day you know we're tired we're we got a lot yeah. going on and we might totally. not be the best representation of the lord like would you say to a parent that hey listen right now they're hearing this and they and they're like yes I wanna I wanna focus on the things that are in my heart. I wanna cultivate this proper environment in my house. I wanna talk to my kids about the Lord. I wanna pray with them every night before they go to sleep. I wanna do these things, but I'm, there's this parent guilt that they're they're gonna mess up their kids if they just have a bad day or something, you know, like what's some advice you can give to somebody who wants to do it, but they're just really struggling. I mean, I
1: think first it's like, hey, forgive our we got to forgive ourselves. We got to go, you know what? I'm not going to let a bad day turn into a bad life. I'm not going to let a bad day. I'm not going to let shame beat me down and say you're a horrible parent, you've ruined your children, you're done, like you might as well give up or whatever, like you'll never have it. Don't listen to any of that stuff and let's like, you know what? Thank you, Jesus, that you also died for me, not just for my kids, not just for the world. You died for me. And my mistakes and my and I, I I agree with your forgiveness, and I forgive me too, and I let it go and then I think the other thing you know that's that's a huge deal because a lot of times yeah. we're we're our own worst enemies, mm-hmm. and we fully you know if we if we don't live in forgiveness towards ourselves, then we're living in disagreement with God because yeah. he forgave us you know Amen. so but then the next thing would be to go to 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 be honest with our kids like i some parents are, don't even think this is an option, but sure. it's one of the most important things for me is to go, is to, go to my children and say, you know what, I'm, I really messed up there. I'm yeah. sorry. I got frustrated. I spoke out of anger because I was afraid, and I'm really sorry. I, I, I don't, I don't want to treat you that way. That's not how God would treat you i wasn't I wasn't walking with God in that moment. Mm-hmm. Will you forgive me? will you will you let that go and just clean up our mess? And what that does is it it helps them disconnect our failures from God's perfection. Wow, so they can look at us great. and go, you didn't you didn't represent God well, and you're acknowledging that. so you're automatically disconnecting your face from God's face. so it's like mm. people aren't then your kids have a less of a tendency to go. I see God through the lens of my parents. And so mm. you're, you're doing that for one, but you're also teaching them, like, here's what you do when you make a mistake, when you mess up, even if you did it on purpose, sin. Like, here's, here's how you clean up your mess. You ask for forgiveness. You move on. You let it go. You clean up your messes with each other and and you become a bigger person and go, you know what? I really didn't do that well. That's that's because I wasn't walking with God. I wasn't representing him to you. Yeah. That's not what he would do. Mm. Please forgive me. So you're teaching them a lot of stuff all at the same time, but you're giving them an opportunity to let it go and for you guys to move on. And as we know, it's like think about it. When a person gets saved and they realize, "Oh my goodness, Jesus forgave me. I am forgiven." it's so beautiful what happened. Like people are like turning, they they, they become new creations, but it's like they're like, wow, I feel so good. Like that's Mm -hmm. what forgiveness does in a home where it's like, wow, if my kids really forgive me and I really forgive me, then none of that stuff is there. It's gone. And I don't have to try to, you know, fix it or sort it out. Or I don't don't try to earn my way out of it. Like, no, forgiveness means that I don't even have to earn it. And it empowers me to actually live a better life Because I'm not trying to I'm not motivated by guilt I'm not motivated mm-hmm. by shame yeah. I've, I've cleaned all that up So I would say that's a huge deal Is to actually forgive ourselves And then ask our kids to forgive us And be quick mm-hmm. to point it out Like well, wow, hey I really messed up You know my mm-hmm. girl Like one of the things I love to say to my kids When they're getting upset And stuff I say hey you know what I, I, I understand you're angry And I know you're mad I want to talk to you about it I want to figure this out but let's talk when your voice sounds like mine. And so yeah. I just give, I provide to them the tone of voice I want from them. And I wait until they get their voice like mine. And then we have a conversation. We work it out. It's really good. But one night we're in bed and you know, my kids are all frustrated. And they're just mean. And I said, <laughs> guys, let's talk when your voice sounds like mine. And my daughter goes, but dad, your voice sounds angry right now. And I was like, Oh Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, and she called, she called me on it. Right. She did, yeah. And I'm like, Oh, but, but that's because of the whole atmosphere thing. Like we, we sat down at the thermostat and we decided, you know, I showed them like we choose the temperature we want in our home. That makes us the, the temperature we want. And so just like we choose the temperature in our home and the thermostat makes little tiny adjustments all day to keep the house at the temperature we want. Let's decide the atmosphere we want in our homes. Do we want anger? Do we want fear? Do we want yelling? Or do we want kindness and peace and love and joy? What do we want in our home? Let's decide that. And then all of you are little thermostats and you can adjust us. (laughs) We can all adjust each other. Like, hey guys, remember we chose to speak kindly to each other and that's not really kind. Let's make a little adjustment before it blows out of proportion. You know, We're not like Wow, I turned off the AC and now it's 105 degrees (laughs) in the house. Oh, my gosh. No, no. We left the AC on. So as soon as it went to 73, the thermostat kicks on and brings it back down to 72. So that's what my kids are. And us were all these little thermostats. And so that's what my daughter was doing. Like, but, Dad, your voice sounds angry. I'm like, wow, thank you. I told her, I said, Mm -hmm. thank you. You oh, yeah. adjusted me. You just uh-huh. changed the temperature in our home to feel like God's home again, to feel like heaven on earth again. Thank you. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Thanks for calling me on it. And so that's another way, you know, the atmosphere comes into play. But I think those are, that's a good little story example yeah. of how
0: <laughs> sure, sure we man. set the atmosphere and then adjust it, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. That's a that's a massive key. Like, I'm just honestly just listening to you. I'm receiving right now, man. You're giving me a lot of insight because I'm a dad. My daughter's going to turn five. I got a little boy who just turned two years old. And you know, honestly, saying sorry and apologizing to our kids if our tone is off, me and my wife, or if we're impatient or whatever it may be, has been huge in my five year old's life. She's she's learned to forgive very fast, and she's learned to say sorry very fast because we've we've modeled that, you know, to her and. That's been, you know, a lot of parents have pride. Like, no, I'm the parent, they're the child, they need to listen. Yeah. And it's this it's this yeah. pride that holds them back from, honestly, like, we're the model. We're the Jesus they know. We're the model. And if we want them to yeah. be that way, we need to model that for them. And so it takes a lot of humility. Yeah. It takes a lot of patience. It's not, you know, to, yeah. to be a parent. But at the same time, like, I've seen the fruit of that already. And my kids are so young. And yeah. um, something that you talk about in your book is... Is also hearing from God for each one of your children because every one of our children needs something different because they have different temperaments, different personalities. Yeah. And you share a story in your yeah. book about God telling you not to control one of your daughters and how that wound up being a beautiful yeah. thing in your life. And just with my kids in general, God gave us the name of both of our children. One is Selah Gloria, mm-hmm. to pause, ponder, reflect on the glory of God. Selah from the scriptures, Come on. to pause and to have peace. And the other name, his name's Nico Emmanuel. Nico means victory. And we're in Emmanuel, yeah. you know, Emmanuel, God with us. So we have victory because God's with us. And so we, gave, God gave us these names for our kids. And I could tell already my daughter, her name's Selah, but she's the loudest, the most rambunctious, jumping up and down like God's yeah. going to have to teach her in her life to Maybe you know, be a little more peaceful to pause to reflect a little <laughs> bit more, and then Nico. It's like God prophesied through their names, and then my son Nico. You know, he's 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 um he's rambunctious too, but he's he's sensitive. He's he's sensitive, yeah, and he's he's quiet sometimes, wow. and likes to play by himself. So I could see how the Lord is going to need to teach him in his life to. To be victorious and to rise above and to be a champion, you know, and um, and so I just yeah. find that beautiful how God, even as as parents, we're supposed to press in and really understand who God made our children to be so we can so that we can adapt and we can give our child what they need,
1: yeah, that's so good we We've done the same thing with names, you know, we've named our children very specifically from the Lord as well. but like, yeah, with my daughter, like when she was born. Like God told my wife, like make sure you do not control this one. Like just be <laughs> really careful. And so we've had to, you know, we've had to, we've kept that in our hearts all along. And so, you know, the more we actually have given her freedom, the the better choices she makes. So, for example, you know, one of the one of the times, I'm like this is a weird thing for me to say as a children's pastor and a Christian altogether. But one time, my my daughter was like, Dad. I don't actually want you to read me the Bible anymore. I don't want to read the Bible. And I, I was like, so, you know, I'm about to say, hey, no, we're <laughs> going to read the Bible every day. And I felt like the Holy Spirit said, don't control her. Like, mm-hmm. l- listen. And I was like, wait, Holy Spirit, are you telling me not to make my daughter read the Bible? i like, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. so I was like, okay, that, that pushes my buttons. That goes against what I fully believe in. But It was like, he reminded me, don't, don't control her in this area. So I was like, all right, babe, cool. I'm not going to read you the Bible. I'm not going to make you read the Bible. But then we'd get in bedtime and she's like, daddy, daddy, tell me a story. And I would, I would go right into, I call these God adventure, like God adventures Mm -hmm. where I actually take a story from the Bible and insert my children as if they're one of the characters. So in this particular case, in this, this one night, I dropped them in. You know, my son and daughter. We only had two at the time. They were um, they were in bed, and but both of them were Peter, and they were Peter in the boat. And so they're rowing the boat. The storm comes up. So I'm telling them all this detail, right? The, the storm comes up. They see somebody walking on the water. They think it's a ghost. Everybody's freaking out. Everybody's rowing harder. And then my kids go, "Hey Jesus, if that's you, tell us to come." And so they both, you know, I'm just leading them through, but yeah. you know, kids, they're full on in their imagination going into the story. <laughs> yeah. And so they both get out of the boat, they walk on water, they start to sink. And it's a huge story. Like there's so much to this, this one moment, but I'm going to stick on track. But so I, I do all this and the Lord shows me like, just because she doesn't want to read the Bible doesn't mean you can't fill her with the word. And sure. I was like, oh, good point. And so, but what happened was, you know, a couple months of this where I'm not, controlling her because God told me to and told my wife to. And so I'm not, I'm not making her read the Bible, but I'm doing this kind of thing on a regular basis. You know, we're talking about scriptures in the car, we're praying. She she was like still tracking with God. She just didn't want to read the Bible. Well, one night I, I go to just check on the kids before bed and I notice her lights on and her doors cracked. So I peek in there all sneaky, like, what's she doing in there? What's going on? I peek in and she's just sitting there reading her Bible. I'm like, Hey girl, what you doing? And she goes, Dad, I just read the whole Bible. I'm going through it again. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. And I'm like, it's a half an hour, 40 minutes, I think, past your bedtime. And this is a great reason to be up past your bedtime. So I just let him. like, well, go ahead. You know, keep reading as long as you want. But she already read through the whole children's Bible.
0: Like, yeah, yeah. all of it.
1: And, she, and so I walk out the door, and the Lord's like, you didn't force her. I told you not to control her. You didn't force her to read the Bible, and now you can't stop her from reading the Bible. And I'm like, oh, wow. So that was an example of like, hey, the Lord knows exactly what they need. And there's other times, of course, there's times where the Lord is going to be like, no, no, she needs to read the Bible right now because it's important to push through when you don't feel like doing something. And there's times where it's like, hey, the Lord's like, no, no, push her. Have her read the Bible even though she doesn't want to. And then other times where it's like, no, don't do it right now. Like, trust Mm me trust and don't, don't make her read the Bible, but, but fill her with the word, keep her in the loop with God. Don't. And then all of a sudden it's like, wow, she's, she, I can't stop her. She's staying up 40 minutes past her bedtime, reading the Bible. And so yes. that's yes. like, that's, that's where the spirit led part comes in is like, you know, sometimes we're like, no, no, we have to read our Bible every day. I'm like <laughs> Okay. Yes. I I love that. I I'm with you. And it's like the Holy Spirit told me not to, just in this one moment. Sure. So uh-huh. I'm not going to, and and because I'm following Him, it turned out to be like, oh, I didn't force her. Now I can't stop her. So that's <laughs> that's good, you know, man. I love that, that. Pushes my buttons, but it's also like, but you know what? Oh, I see why. You know what, the man? God,
0: God loves pushing our buttons. God loves he breaking our does. religious mindsets. He, you know, we can't we yep. can't tame them. You know, He just loves to. To, to blow our minds, man. I just, I love that about the Lord and the fact that honestly, this is a life not led by, um, you know, you talk about being led by the spirit, you know, we're not supposed to be led by, you know, uh, moved by what we see moved by what we feel, but you know, live a life of faith and we need to, you know, trust, you know, I feel like as, as parents or as pastors or as leaders, we take on the responsibility of like changing people's lives, but no, it's the Holy spirit that changes people's lives. And as we Trust the Lord as a pastor, as a parent, as a leader, uh, whatever role, or you know, as a boss of, of of a company. We need to we need to do what we you know know to do, but at the same time, we need to trust God with the results. And as a parent specifically, like, hey Lord, like I'm going to be led by you. I'm going to be led by your, by your voice. If I'm being led by your voice, I'm successful because at the end of the day, I'm just yeah. going to obey you, and I'm going to be moved by you, and I'm going to let. I'm gonna keep you in charge of the increase. You know, we sow, we water, but the Lord's the one that brings the increase. And so, Lord, you're the one, you're the one in charge of the increase, not me. I can't make my daughter love Jesus. I can't make my son love the Bible. It's gonna have to be you, Lord. And I'm just gonna be a positive example and I'm gonna show my kids the power of the Lord, how he's changed my life and, you know, be led by the Spirit and how I insert that into theirs. And so, man, I think that's awesome. And you know the way I'd love to. You know, the last thing I would love to really touch on because people need to get a copy of this book, "Raising Spirit Led Kids," it releases on December first. Because there's so much. If you think there's a, there's revelation on this podcast, there is so much in there that you're going to want to get grab a hold of. But you talk about, yeah. um, you talk, um, you talk about fostering, um, with our children, how to hear the voice of God, how to, you know, what are some baby steps or what are some things that that pa- that we can do as parents to help, um. Foster that in our kids' lives
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, man This is a huge topic But um, You know One simple way Would be to like Read a promise from God And say Hey, you know what Let's listen Let's listen And have God Say this to us So you can even grab You know Like the verse I have loved you With an everlasting love That one's easy Because it's in the first person So like I have loved you With an everlasting love Like let's, Let's listen And hear God Say that over us and I want you to close your eyes, quiet down and listen and hear God say, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And so I think sometimes that's, that's a super easy way. Yeah. You know, if you read a verse and it jumps out at you like, hey, let's actually turn this verse into as if God were the one saying it directly to us. So that's a good way. Another way to do it is like, um, I think it's really important because kids have a tendency to think that God will only speak to them in their language. So for us, it's English. So kids, you know, when you say, hey, God's gonna talk to you, God's gonna say something to you, then they automatically think um, God is going to speak in English mm-hmm, out loud. But if mm-hmm. you, in Bible, you know, as you read the Bible, you know, okay, it's most common language is like dreams and visions. And of course, there's the audible voice of God, but there's also like dreams, visions, there's, um, you know, signs that we we just recognize or God talking to us. There's prophetic symbolism and stuff. And yeah. so when, when, we, when we know that, we can actually tell our kids like, hey, you know what? God will talk to you in dreams or God will drop a vision in your mind. God will give you an idea that could feel like it's just a normal thought. Mm-hmm. But because you ask God to talk to you and then you have this random thought, you know, that's, that's potentially God speaking to you. So, yeah. so helping them not not, um, not limit their ability to hear by thinking God will only speak English, but being ready for thoughts, ideas, pictures, visions. I call them videos, like if sure. God plays a little mm-hmm. video in your mind. Yeah. And so um, there's all that. But then at the same time, it's like, okay, hey, we're going to listen to God. Like, let's, let's listen to what he says. Sometimes we, we say things like, what did you hear God say? And so again, we're like, we're, we're promoting this idea of God's going to speak in the English language and you're going to hear him with your natural ears. So instead of saying, what did you hear God say, or what did God say to you? A good question to ask is to go, what's the first thing that popped in your head?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, a, a carrot, you know, one time we were practicing <laughs> this with some people and I was like, and they go, this is ridiculous. They we were all mad. They're like, this is ridiculous. I, I thought about a carrot. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's powerful. Like, wh- they're like, what? God's not going to say a carrot. Give me an idea of a carrot. <laughs> sure, I'm like, well, sure. tell me about carrots. What do carrots do? And they're like, well, if you eat carrots, you have stronger vision. I'm like, oh, so God used the carrot to tell you about that person, that there's somebody that strengthens the vision of the people around them. So when you thought you had an idea about a carrot, and this is ridiculous, and God wouldn't use a carrot to speak to me or drop an idea of a carrot in my mind, but when you think about carrots or you even pray about carrots, like, hey, God, what are, you, what are you saying there? It's like, oh, carrots strengthen vision. So then we just took the, you know, we took the person and said, hey, so you're like a, a carrot for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you strengthen the vision of the people that, that let you into their lives. The people who let you in will get stronger vision. Clarity, more clarity of mind, more clarity of sight because they came into your life because you're like a carrot to them. And so, you know, it's like this thing that felt like, oh, we could easily dismiss it, or that's ridiculous. Like actually it's not ridiculous if you just push in a little bit more and, and it's not ridiculous when you don't expect God to only speak in English and you're like, Oh, he can speak to me through an idea or a picture of a carrot. And so I would say those are some good pointers as teaching kids the hair like, hey, what's mm-hmm. the first What's the first thing that popped in your head? Oh, mm-hmm. cool. What do you think that means? Let's ask God what he means by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, God's talking to you in all these different ways. Dreams, visions, colors, numbers, uh, symbols, signs.
0: Yeah. All that is so good, man. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And an idea just idea
1: that pops in your head. Absolutely. So,
0: Absolutely.
1: Those are like, yeah, those are just a quick couple pointers on on that.
0: Absolutely, man. Thank you so much, bro. And so one thing that I remember um, that just happened a few months ago with me and my uh, my daughter, and my wife, like, I actually came home from work and my wife was telling me um, this story, but she was saying that my daughter was asking a bunch of questions about Jesus one day, you know, she was asking a bunch of questions about Jesus mm-hmm. and she was like, mommy, like I, I can't see Jesus, you know, and she's like four years old. Right. And she's like, I can't see yep. Jesus. Like I want to see Jesus. And so my wife was like, okay, well, Let's just close our eyes and let's just ask the Lord to show himself to us and speak to us. And so my yeah. wife kind of led her in this moment of, you know, let's, um, we, you know, we want to see you Lord. And then my daughter, so she's sitting there with her eyes closed and they're both just with their eyes closed and they're, and they're praying. And then my daughter goes, oh, mommy. And then she goes, what? She goes, I was at, I was at, um, somebody's, it was a family member's house and she was saying, I was at this person's mm-hmm. house and, and I saw a bottle of like pills of something and. And I told, I I asked them what that does. And then the person said to me, if you eat all those pills, then you'll go to heaven. And she was confused about that. And she was like, mommy, what if I, if I eat all those pills, will I see Jesus? And it was like this moment where my wife was like, oh my God, I can't believe that that person said that to her because, you know, obviously those pills could hurt her if she takes them. And in her, in her mind, she's thinking like, this could be my way to go to heaven or see Jesus. And it's like a positive thing. Like we've developed that to be a positive thing in her life. And so it's funny because God used that moment of just closing her eyes for her to remember a confusing moment that took place that was potentially dangerous and hazardous for her, for my wife to confront it, for my wife to say, no, listen, this, you know, this, you know, this is what happened. And this is, and really just talk to her about the Lord and really what it is to connect with the Lord and how that's dangerous and all this stuff. And I just felt like, wow, that was so, that was so God because that was a little confusing moment in her life that could have been potentially hazardous, you know, hazardous if she would have acted upon it. Yeah. And it's just like, man, even just little nudges like that.
1: Yeah. And that's huge. It's like, how did God speak to her? Well, he spoke to her in a memory. He reminded (laughs) her of something and then reinterpreted it to help her later. It's like, wow, you, he even spoke through a memory, not just, uh, the English language or whatever, he took her into, he reminded her of a scene, a scenario. So that's another way that's beautiful. And I love that he did that with her. Like, it's so amazing (laughs) to me how four-year-olds and five-year-olds can like, they say some stuff and you're like, wow. Or it gives you the opportunity to adjust and correct and say, hey, actually here's, you know, that could be dangerous. And here's, here's the truth about that. So I, I love hearing stories like this where (laughs) kids just, you know, he gives them a thought, an idea, a memory, mm-hmm. and there they go, and now he's ready to help navigate them.
0: Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. Well, man, I just want to, I want to thank you for your ministry, and I, uh, you know, you've dabbled. You, this is this is your life. You've committed your life to this. You've helped yeah. so many youth pastors pastors around the world and you're using the knowledge the wisdom that God has given you you've obeyed the call of God and you're equipping parents all over the world and i honestly and i'm saying this from a very honest place in my heart that this book i believe is a tremendous resource for parents for pastors for leaders because we need more ministry to our children our the family life Needs the, an an immersion and a baptism in the presence of God. Now, as families, we need to host the presence of the Lord well. That needs to be our priority above ministry, above work, above everything yeah. we do. Our our you know the the wife or the husband that God gave us and our kids. That is our greatest responsibility. And you've you've a very special ministry here, man. How can people? How can people? First of all, get a hold of this book on December first. I know they could do pre orders as well. Um, but how yeah. can people get a hold of the book and just connect more through ministry?
1: They can go just to my website, which is my name, S e t h d a h l S-E-T-H-D-A-H-L.com. And Facebook and Instagram are really good for me as well. And it's just my name, SethDahl, as well. So, you know, all one word, S-E-T-H-D-A-H-L. But those are the best places to get a hold of me. Yeah, the books are available for pre-order right now. We'll ship them out December 1st. Um, and, yeah, that's that's the best place for blogs and articles and posts and everything just going up is those three places
0: awesome awesome thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with me today thank you. man what an honor i received a lot from you today and my faith was stirred and i got some powerful nuggets from you today man to implement to my family and so thank you
1: thanks for having me it was Absolutely. really yeah good to talk to you good to share really,
0: thank you Awesome. Awesome. For those who are listening right now, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. It'll help us get it out to more people just like you so they can be challenged, inspired, and blessed by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. I look forward to speaking with you next time on Awaken Podcast.